Good morning. I am so glad you're here, but I'm even more glad that the presence of God is here today. I don't know if you've felt it already, but man, go ahead and clap. That's good. You can clap. Let's welcome his presence. Now, we're going to kick off a series on the Holy Spirit. You can see on the background, you know, come Holy Spirit. And I'm obviously not Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff is on an adventure. Did somebody just clap to say that I wasn't Pastor Jeff? Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, seriously, Pastor Jeff is off on an adventure with his mom and two of his boys. He actually texted me this morning. He said, uh, praying for you this morning while I, while I ride the Velocicoaster. But still, I'm praying. So, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your, your prayers. May you not vomit as you go upside down. <laughs> or maybe so. I don't, I don't know. At any rate, I am so glad you're here. And I, I, honestly, I am personally blessed to be able to kick off this series. Now, some people might get a little itchy when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you grew up in a tradition that wasn't Pentecostal. Bear with me. Some of you might have been looking forward to this presentation or, or this series and thinking, oh man, we're finally going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Come on, bring it. Well, hang out with me because that's not this sermon today. Um, the other thing I want to mention before we kick off, please take notes. Like, like pen and paper or on your digital device, but take notes because the Lord has just really been plowing me this week about some things that he really wants us to know about the Holy Spirit. So I've been praying, Lord, less or none of me today and all of you, Lord, and really I want that truth to come through and I want you guys to sit in it over the next month, come back to this truth as we dive deeper into the Holy Spirit. So when I mention the Holy Spirit, what, what comes to mind? Anybody, shout it out. Jesus, Jesus okay, great. Comforter, we, okay, absolutely. Some people might think of the names of, of the Holy Spirit, the attributes. Some people might just go straight to Pentecostal. Some might say speaking in tongues or the gifts of the Spirit or even the fruit. But really, before we dive into any of that, our goal is to set a firm foundation. If, if you use the YouVersion app and you see the verse of the day, it's no coincidence today that the verse says to build your house on a firm foundation. And that's what I hope we can do today. So even the disciples, before they were introduced to the gifts of the Spirit, they had to get an introduction to the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to start talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to start in Acts chapter 2 where Pentecost happens. I'm not going to start in 1 Corinthians 11 and 12 where Paul talks about the boundaries and guardrails of the use of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm actually going to start in John chapters 14 through 16. Now let me set some context really quick for these chapters. So in verse 13, you know, the conversation starts and a lot of the letters, if you look in your Bible, those are red. If you're new to the Bible, they're red because they're the actual words of Jesus this entire conversation, it happens at the Last Supper. So in John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and then Judas leaves. I don't know about you, but I don't like having my feet touched. That had to be definitely a God thing for them not to squirm and giggle. You can laugh. It's okay. But then for four, three chapters, John 14 through 16, among other things, Jesus begins to give an explanation of who the Holy Spirit is to the disciples, and it's recorded for us to know who he will be for us for all time. By 9 a.m. that next morning, Jesus was crucified. That's why Jesus starts out John 14 with, don't be troubled, I am going away. He knew he was leaving. Think about that. He's saying, don't be troubled, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. So John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you and in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Later on in 14, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still here, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Then in 15, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Then on into 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Yeah, it was better that Jesus left the disciples. Why? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. The helper of the Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Let's sit in that for a minute. Jesus is sitting in the room at the table. They just had dinner or they're having dinner. He's like, guys, it's better if I take off. It's better if I take off because I will send a helper, a helper that will be in you. It's better that Jesus left this world for the disciples and for us so that we might have the Holy Spirit. If your tradition that you came up in has avoided the topic of the Holy Spirit, this is the truth. I'll touch on some bad experiences you might have had later, but please, please listen to this truth because I want it to be a firm foundation. So let's use Jesus' example. I'm going to point out some observations about the Holy Spirit. First, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. He's not an it. Not a force. Not an energy. Some translations say ghost because that's ancient language and it made sense. Not a ghost floating around. It's a person. He breathes, lives, speaks, teaches, encourages. He can be grieved. He can be offended. We don't want an it that floats. We want a person that we know. We want the embodiment of God, the spirit of God in our lives every day. Back to John 14, 16. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. It doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you, yes, in you, wherever you go, every breath, every moment, every interaction, every thought, every decision, the Holy Spirit in you. If you have salvation in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. I'm not talking about the baptism yet. That's later. I'm saying everyone that has salvation has the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, in them. If you don't feel empowered yet, I don't know what to do. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is a person. Well, people have names. My name is Michael. Lots of people still call me Mike. I love you still, but my name is Michael. Okay. I get offended. I, I, I shouldn't get offended by that, but my name is Michael. It's always been Michael. Uh, at any rate, I'll repent later. <laughs> we have to have names. We have to have, we have, our church has a name. We name our cars. We had a van named Archibald. He was a good van. It was great. Our dog is Obadiah. Tell, you have to have a good name that you can yell at a dog. Obadiah. Mm. Now, if you're a fan of VeggieTales, you know his middle name. It's Bumbly. Obadiah Bumbly. 
Well, the Holy Spirit has many names as well, and I want to dive into these. The first is Helper, John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper to be with you forever. It's no accident that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit the name of Helper. In fact, four different times in these three chapters, Jesus calls him the Helper. It is the name that is most often used by Jesus to describe the Holy Spirit. The, the, okay, so Bibles are translated, right? Jesus didn't speak English, and neither did the disciples. So the original text is written in an ancient language, and it has to be translated. So this being in Greek, um, it's been translated. The word here is actually parakletos. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I looked this up by other smarter people. Now, if, if Zach Rainey were in here, or it, maybe he is in here, I don't know, he would be able to give you a whole lot more. But I'll tell you, this Greek word can mean a consoler, an intercessor, advocate, a helper. Inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit who is a consoler, an intercessor. What did intercessor mean? I, let, let me not skip over that. An intercessor, in other words, fights on your behalf, runs interference for you. That's inside of you already. He's an advocate. What do advocates do? They advocate. You have the Holy Spirit advocating for you, rooting for you to win. But not just advocating and, and yay, rah. Advocating with God for your success. At what? Well, <laughs> a nice job. No. Not a, not a good job or a nice house. Your success in fulfilling the mission that God has laid out for you. Oh, we're going to get there later. I can't take off yet. Mm. There's so much more. I'll tell you, I love to prepare. I only have 10 pages of notes. We're good to like four, right? All right, so say this with me. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Ready? The Holy Spirit is my helper. Boy, I'll tell you what. He helps you know what to say and when to say it. He tells me things to say. He really does. In fact, the last time I got up here to preach, I'm walking up here, and I remember Jeff put his arm around me and said something, but all I heard was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I know you got this message that you put together. I just want you to preach point three. Start there and follow my lead. I don't remember what I said. I do remember, and I have to admit to you, I have to be transparent to you, that I was a scared little kid, a scared little boy, hoping that it was the Holy Spirit and I was being obedient and not pepperoni pizza from last night talking to me. But I'll tell you what, the number of people that have told me, man, that was great. That really blessed me. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being an encourager in you to encourage me. The Holy Spirit will help you to say what to say or when not to say it. Have you ever had this, this situation where, you know, a friend walks up to you and they start to verbally vomit, you know, like my life is in shambles and, and, and you're, you know, you, you pray the three word prayer, my favorite, oh God help. Because I, I'm not a marriage counselor, I'm not an addiction counselor, I'm not a, I'm not a, and then all of a sudden you have a thought a and you begin to speak it. But you're like, this isn't me. And man, it's good. In fact, it blesses me too. Or, or you begin to recite scripture that you've read, but you've never memorized. And it, that's the Holy Spirit working through you. He's your helper. And that friend ends up going, man, that was exactly what I needed. And you're like, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. He'll also tell you when to shut up. How many guys in here are married and know we need help shutting up sometimes? Yeah, you're driving to church and you're like, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. You say it anyway. That was the Holy Spirit trying to keep you out of trouble. So the best advice I can give married couples or kids that have parents or parents with their kids, listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him direct your words in truth. Now, it's not just about talking. The Holy Spirit will help you in your home. 
He will help you in overcoming sin. He will help you have wisdom in every area of your life. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about all these things. I ask you to take notes. I'm going to ask you to write something down right here. Write down in your notes, everybody, because we all have it, one area in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to help you. I'm literally going to wait for a minute. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is in me, is in you. The presence of God is here today, and he does want to work miracles. You write it down. Make it real and make it admitted. Confess it at least to yourself. That was uncomfortable. For some of you, it was. It was uncomfortable for me. When God laid that on my heart, I'm like, whew, I don't want to do that myself. You want me to ask everybody else to do that? Okay. Thank goodness, another name for the Holy Spirit is Comforter. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. The word comfort, our, our English word comfort, comes from two Latin words, calm and fortis, and it really just means to strengthen by being with. Troy's sitting back there. He's got his arm around his lovely wife. That's comforting. He's holding her up. He's strengthening by being with. He's buttressing the comforter, the Holy Spirit in me will buttress me, will comfort me, regardless of circumstance, regardless of, he's there. Now, remember that context of, of John 16. Jesus knows he's about to go away. He's about to actually be crucified and die. The disciples are going to lose what absolutely should be called their best friend ever, and they're going to feel very alone. And he's saying, it's okay. He's telling them up front. They still didn't get it. That's why we're starting here. They didn't get it. He was going away. Everybody in this room that's lost somebody they loved, you know what I'm talking about. They're there and then they're gone. The disciples were going to experience that. Wouldn't you agree with me in these last days that we live in? that Satan would like for us to believe and feel loss and pain and isolation. We need to listen. We need to hear the Holy Spirit's comfort, to hear him saying everything is going to be okay because I work together all things for the greater good for those that are called by my name. So it doesn't matter. Let me, let me just underscore that. It doesn't matter the circumstance. We should, we need to be in tune and hear from the Holy Spirit. It's going to be okay, regardless of the outcome. Another word for comforter is encourager. The more I develop, the more we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more encouraged we can be. The more I am filled with the Holy Spirit, the more of an encourager I can be. We can be to one another. I thanked those earlier that came to me and said, man, that really blessed me. I meant it. That encouraged me. The Holy Spirit working through you to encourage me when I couldn't hear it. We can do that for others if we ourselves listen and agree and believe when the Holy Spirit says, it's going to be okay. But how do you know the Holy Spirit is telling the truth? 
Glad you asked. Another name for the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives is the Spirit of Truth. He says in John 14, 16 and 15, 26 that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Now, catch the nuance here. What did Jesus say earlier? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's calling this Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Truth. Now, again, back in the original Greek, the, the Greek for spirit used here is pneuma. It means a current of air, breath. Or a breeze. I was really tempted to ask you all to like hold your breath for like 30 seconds and then like take a deep breath and relax. But you know what I'm getting at where, where you feel panic and anxiety and you're not breathing well, but the moment you stop and slow down and have a breath, you realize you're okay. Your body comes to rest. Your heart rate goes down. Everything comes back into focus. The Holy Spirit, he's a breath, a breeze of truth. Truth is refreshing. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's going to expose false doctrine or error. It's your job listening to me to make sure that I'm correct. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You can't just sit here and say, yeah, good preaching. Man, I want you in the word. I want you to discern with the help of the Holy Spirit if this is true. He will expose false doctrine and error, and that's especially important in these last days because Jesus said so many would be deceived. He will also expose false or bad ways of thinking. Man, I could preach for hours and hours and hours and hours on this. And I'm going to get there in just a second, not for hours, but I'm going to get there. But the Holy Spirit, that spirit of truth, will combat thoughts in our head that are wrong, that are false. Another name for the Holy Spirit, convictor. Okay, so I know this isn't actually a word. For those of you that may have a dictionary or a thesaurus, Convictor actually means something different, but I, I wanted to just, an easy phrase to say, the one who convicts. So convictor, even though it won't play in Scrabble, is what we're going to go with. So, there are three ways that the Holy Spirit convicts us. In John 16, Jesus says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and justice. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So let's take a deeper dive into verse 9. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of, of sin, it's a good thing. In fact, he works to convict the entire world of sin because they do not believe in Jesus. Before we ever get saved or anyone ever gets saved, we have to be convicted that we need a Savior. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Now, yes, we are supposed to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. We sow broadly gospel seed, but the Holy Spirit does the work. He's the convictor. Think about your own saving experience. When you came to realize, I'm not that hot. I need somebody to help me out. That was deep theology right there. Here's, here's what's been on my heart this entire week. Verse 10. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Now, 
The word righteousness means right standing with God, right relationship with God. So this verse doesn't say that the Holy Spirit is going to convict us of right living. Now, righteousness does lead to righteous living, but it's not what the verse says. He wants to convict me of righteousness. Convict me of righteousness, right standing with God. Now, Jesus is saying, because I go to my Father, so, and Jesus now has already gone to the Father for us, if I believe in Jesus, if I have salvation through Jesus, I can be in right standing with God. Why the word convict? Well, I tell you, that word's kind of been beat up. Have you ever heard that somebody had great conviction about something? They were deeply convinced. Another word for convict is to convince. Before we're saved, Jesus uses the Holy Spirit to convince us that we're a sinner and we need a Savior. Completely condemned without Jesus. But once we are saved, we believe in Jesus, he wants to convince us through the Holy Spirit that we are right with God. That you are righteous. That Jesus has taken care of it all with the Father. Now there is always going to be the wrestling between I am righteous in right standing with God, but I am not yet perfected. How many of you would proclaim that I am a perfect man? Don't anybody raise your hand. How many would proclaim that you guys are right and awesome and perfect? No. How many of you would say, are convinced, are convicted, that you're in right standing with God right now? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He testifies to our salvation. He testifies to our righteousness. But earlier I said he's that spirit of truth. He will continue to reveal wrong ways of thinking. And since, that, since Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the truth, then where do those thoughts that claim you are no good, you are unloved, and continually unworthy come from? Where do they come from? This isn't a trick question. Satan, thank you. Jesus said, the thief, another name for Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Steal, kill, and destroy. For Jesus, the devil is absolutely the archetype of a villain who is hell-bent on destruction. He just wants to watch the world burn. Satan's motto is to tear it all down. Wherever he finds life, he tries to stamp it out. Beauty, deface it. Love, corrupt it. Unity, fragmented into a million pieces. Human flourishing, push it into anarchy and tyranny. Either one will do. Satan's anti-life, pro-death, pro-chaos agenda is an insatiable fire. Jesus, on the other hand, is the author of life itself. He's an advocate for all that is good, beautiful, and true, specifically for love, because God is love. And the devil is in rebellion against all that is God. Therefore, his intent is to wreck love. One person, one relationship, one community, one nation, one generation at a time. That's absolutely why our news feeds are just filled with a steady litany of chaos and carnage. And I'll tell you, it is why the secular theories of evil simply don't add up to a valid explanation of human behavior. I'll tell you what, that's why it feels like we're at war. How many of you are tired and you can't figure out why? Because we're at war but not with flesh and blood. Regardless of your stance, Jesus was not an advocate of taking things by violence here on earth. In fact, we don't fight with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. We fight on our knees. We fight with the Spirit. It's not easy to advance daily in the kingdom of God, 
because there's opposition from the devil himself, or more specifically, other spiritual beings under his sway. And we feel this opposition every day. It's that nagging inner tension as we're torn between the opposing desires of love and lust, honesty and saving face, self-control and indulgence. In the struggle for faith in a secular age where so many cultural elites have left faith behind, where scientism is the new superstition and where, the, and where as the philosopher James K.A. Smith put it, we're all Thomases now. Seeds of doubt. That's the breakdown of society, losing its center and spinning out of control. And unfortunately, there's no way out of this fight. But he's a spirit of truth. The battle is won in listening to truth. We are creative beings. God instilled that in us. From our thoughts we can create. Look at the Brooklyn Bridge. Look at this building. It was thought about. It was rendered. And it was built. It was created. We have that ability. From our thoughts come creation. The spirit of truth testifies. Truth to us. The devil supplants lies. We're in this war forever. So hear me out. It's won and lost in which one you're going to believe. And I'll tell you, the reason lies are so easy to believe is because there's a kernel or maybe even a lot of truth still inside of them. We spent a long time a while ago talking about your identity in Christ. I'm just going to tell you what it is. I, you, are a child of the Most High God. If you have salvation in Jesus Christ, you are a child of the Most High God. Inside you, the Holy Spirit dwells, and you live in his unshakable kingdom. You have right standing with God if you have salvation. You may still need to be vastly sanctified, but you are in right standing with God. So those lies that seem so real are the ones that say, you're just, you're only, you'll never you are a, and honestly, it's one word. And it has to do with the tense. You are or you were. We get to speak truth to that lie through the Holy Spirit. He testifies to my salvation. He testifies to your salvation, to your righteousness, your right standing with God. And you can attack that thought bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ in that moment. The battle is won or lost right there. What are you struggling with today? What lie does the enemy have you whipped with? Which lies are you still feeding and agreeing to when the Holy Spirit is saying, that's not true? That's not who you are. Now hear me out. When we agree with those lies, we create death and destruction for ourselves. Man, you're never going to beat this addiction. Yeah, you're right. And you live in it. Now, I don't want to make light of addiction. You could be in a place where your body has an actual chemical dependency to something. But I will tell you this. There is freedom through God in addiction, in depression, in gender identity, and confusion. There is freedom, and it's ready. It's right here. And it starts with an agreement with either a lie or with the truth. What you feed grows. Man, as we were sitting there worshiping, the Holy Spirit was just downloading on me. And he said, hey, by the way, Michael, um, there are people in this room that that war you're going to talk about later, it's quieting down right now. 
And I want to tell you why that is. Because they're finally singing and saying the truth. You know, you will hear us say, man, we want you to be in the word. We want you to memorize scripture. We want you to praise. That is not some magical man-made formula that will automatically make you a better, better believer or Christian or anything. What it is, it's an encounter with God. It's an encounter with Jesus who is the truth and you are then proclaiming the truth and that's why the war, the stress, the anxiety that you felt go down today went down. You're like, well, why doesn't that happen the rest of the week? Why do I feel so far from God? I'm caught in my own wire. Ugh. Okay. Apparently, we just needed a dramatic pause. <laughs> Why don't you feel that the rest of the week? Because you stop. Because you don't keep it up. Amen. I don't want to make God sound like a formula, like if I do these things... But I'll tell you what, when you encounter God and you declare his truth, <laughs> lies get shut down. It's that simple. When you not only read scripture, but I'll say when you read it out loud in your car or in your office or in your home, you are declaring truth. When you memorize scripture, when you are pressed and squeezed and that's what's coming out, that's the truth. When you worship the Lord and you say as better is one day in your courts and a thousand elsewhere and you actually mean it. You're winning the war through the help of the Holy Spirit, through that truth that is coming through you. Oh, guys, healing is available today. Bondage can be broken today. The, the din of the noise of the war on our spirit, it's available if you grab a hold and you believe the truth. So we've got to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to us because if we have salvation we are in right standing with God and you are not anymore those things that the, the liar and the thief calls you how do I know Satan's a liar Jesus said it when Satan speaks lies he's speaking his native tongue let me say that again when Satan lies he's speaking his native tongue. How do you know Satan is lying? His lips are moving. <laughs> so when you hear thoughts that say, I'm just, I'm only, I'll never, I couldn't, speak truth to them. Take that thought obedient and captive to Christ. You know what? One, one day earlier, that might have been true, but now I am. And by the power of God inside of me, I will be better every day. And I will live my life. You will create life. We're not even done with these three verses. Man. Verse 11. Here's the good news. He convicts of judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of the world at this time is Satan, and it's obvious. John 12, 31. Now the ruler of this world is cast out. John 14, 30. The ruler of this world is coming, and he has no part of me. He is the antithesis of truth. He is the antithesis of love, of life. And the Holy Spirit wants to convince me or convict me of that, and that the ruler, hear this, the ruler that Satan has been cast out and is judged and no longer has any authority over my life. In fact, Jesus goes on to say that I am going to give you authority over all the power of Satan, of the enemy. That's why I know that freedom from addiction, from bondage, from confusion about your gender identity, from Greed from all the other garbage that's floating around is available because Jesus has it. He's given it to us if we'll just submit and believe and live out the truth. We can have it. Yeah. 
Another name, last name I'll go through, I guess, today is Counselor. John 14, 26, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Right there, when you start speaking scripture that you haven't memorized, that's the Holy Spirit. He's bringing into remembrance everything he has said. What do counselors do? They give counsel. That was really hard. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to remind you everything that he said. And if Jesus is God, then he's going to remind you throughout the entire Bible of the one truth, the whole truth that walks through the entire Bible. 66 books put together, inspired by the Holy Spirit for men to write down to be relevant and applicable, completely true, no conflict, no contradiction, today and forever. End stop. I'll be honest, the majority of pastoral counseling is getting people in a position to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You might wander around from person to person asking the same question over and over again, but I'll tell you what, today, start today. If you have something burning inside of you that needs to be rectified, if you have a situation at work or at home or in family or wherever that you just need help with, start today. When we open the altars or even at your seat, just turn around, bow down and begin to listen, to pray and ask. Simple ask and then listen. The Holy Spirit is sure to be there. Finally, Chloe, how am I doing on time? All right. Jeff's gone, but Chloe's still timing me. Finally, I want to talk about the deity of God. Jesus makes it clear in John that the Holy Spirit is who? God. It's not a trick question. I know most of the time we ask a question, the answer is Jesus. But in this case, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Um, when he explains the Holy Spirit to the disciples, he, he says that the Holy Spirit is equal to himself and the Father. In John 15, 26 through 27, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. In Luke 3, 22, he says, and then the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And we ought to be familiar with this last one, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He is a person inside of you. He's your friend, your counselor, your advocate, your intercessor. He is the one that tells you the truth when the enemy so loudly lies all day long. And he is God. God in us. In salvation, you are a child of the Most High God. Inside of you, his Holy Spirit dwells. And you live as his unshakable kingdom. As we grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit, we will begin to enjoy several benefits. The first says it in Acts. You know, I, I said I wouldn't get into Acts, but I'm, I'm going I'm to talk about Acts 1.8. You shall receive power. Not to be a superstar, rock star at work and produce but a power to be a witness for the truth of God, the need of salvation and the free offering gift available to everyone. You will have power for that. So if you believe the lie that, well, I could never, you know, like witness to somebody, cozy up with the Holy Spirit. He will enable you. Another great benefit is love. 1 Corinthians 13, it's no mistake that it's sandwiched in between 12 and 14. Yes, I know 13 becomes in between 12 and 14. But God put that there for a reason. As we're talking about 
all these spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians. He says it doesn't matter how many of those gifts that you have if you don't have love. The Holy Spirit inside of you can help you love better than you're naturally able to do. Parents, did you know that God loves your kids better than you'll ever be able to? I certainly know that because I'm not perfect. He'll help you love your neighbor better than you possibly could. He'll help you love your enemy better than you possibly could. You'll also enjoy fruit. And you guys can start playing anytime. You'll enjoy fruit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, you know, that last one gets me. Self-control. I said that Satan is the author of lies, and he's going to tell you, you're never going to be able to give up that bad habit. That's a lie. There's freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in walking with the Holy Spirit every day. Why? Because not only can I tell the truth that the Holy Spirit testifies, he's going to give me the self-control I need to not do what I shouldn't do and to do what I should. Like listen to him when he says, hey, pray for that cashier. We can abandon those things like questions. What is anybody going to think if I and have the boldness to step in? Because we'll have the love. And over the next several weeks, we'll start getting into the gifts of the Spirit. We talked a lot today about what the Holy Spirit is. But I want to spend just a little bit of time of what he is not. We talked a lot about the devil being the author of lies. So wouldn't it make sense that the devil would try to make the Holy Spirit weird, especially if he's going to empower us to know the truth, to have power to be an effective witness, to love other people, to have those fruits, and even walk in those gifts, don't you think it makes sense that the devil, who's a liar, would push on us and say that the Holy Spirit is weird? If you've grown up in a tradition or you've had hurts or you've seen people misuse spiritual gifts, I'm sorry. That's not him. That's not him. Because the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Those people might have been weird. They probably are. We're probably weird without the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit's not mean either. Those people are mean. The Holy Spirit is gentle. It's one of those fruit. I see you smiling at me, Sloan. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. He will take us out of our comfort zone. He'll stretch us, and he'll help us walk in the supernatural, but he's not weird or hokey. He doesn't have a dress code, and I'm here to say he really doesn't like snakes. That was a theological, you know, denominational joke, sorry. So I'll tell you what. The Holy Spirit isn't wild. He's supernatural and powerful, and I'm so glad he is. But he is wonderful, he is kind, he is sensitive, and he can be our best friend. When we understand that truth, I think we can gently and humbly accept the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we'll talk about later. And I'll tell you, Satan shook on Pentecost. He really did. It made him afraid. And I'll tell you, I think that's why he lies so hard to us about, man, the Holy Spirit's weird. And it's gotten to us to the point where we can, you know, deal with the Holy Spirit, but only in little tiny doses. But man, we need him every day. We need that truth every single day. I need that truth every single day. If we would again across the church, and I'm just going to say at Connection Point, embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we call baptism, we too could begin turning the world upside down. But we have to know the Holy Spirit well. So please, don't let a abuse or misuse of one of the gifts cause you to shy away from the full benefits of a daily walk with the Holy Spirit. Friends, you can't live the life Jesus wants you to live 
without the Holy Spirit. So, I love you all. I hope, I've been praying, and I trust that the Holy Spirit has been talking to some of you. So I would love for everybody just to bow their heads, close their eyes, close their eyes. I ask you to do this not because it's holy or reverent, it's because I wanna be respectful of everybody in the room. Because I wanna remove barriers and I don't want to feed the lies that would keep you from raising your hand or even coming forward for prayer. Because yeah, I'm gonna ask that. So, if as I've been speaking, you're like, I'm not even sure I have salvation, I would like to begin that journey with Christ. You, 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 feel, you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin. He's convincing you you need a savior. Man, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Now, if I've been talking or while I've been talking, the Holy Spirit has confirmed that you're believing lies, that you need healing, that you need freedom. I want to pray with you. Please raise your hands. See that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More hands. That's what God wants to do today. He wants to heal. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Worship team is going to sing. We're going to start playing a little bit louder. We're going to open up these altars. Prayer team's going to come forward. If you need healing and freedom, come. You don't have to air your dirty laundry, but I'll tell you, confession is good. Telling the truth, being truthful, it will set you free, just like believing the truth testified by the Holy Spirit will set you free. That's where the freedom comes from. So please, prayer team, if you'd come forward, those that raised your hands, just come up and pray. Now, early on in this sermon, I did say that, man, if you were looking forward to the baptism of the Holy Spirit or gifts of the Spirit, and that's where you're at this morning and you're a little bit disappointed, I said this wasn't your sermon, but I'll tell you what, this can be your time. So if you're ready to step farther into your walk with the Lord and seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forward. Find a prayer team member. But we're just going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and then we'll close it out.